Ukraine Calling. Hello and welcome to Ukraine Calling, the English language podcast coming to you from Romatsky Radio in Kiev. I'm Andrei Kulikov and my interviewee today is Kiara Detsi Bardeski. She is the head of UNESCO desk in Ukraine since October 2022. Uh, Ms. Detsibardeski has over 22 years of professional experience with the organization, mainly working in fragile states and emergency contexts. Of course, the Ukrainian context now is emergency. And the talk will be mostly about how UNESCO helps Ukraine cope with this emergency. I would say that uh, since uh, the the onset of the full-scale invasion in February 22, UNESCO has been uh, assisting Ukrainian populations and institutions. Three wider mandate areas have been at the core of our uh, work, namely education and particularly uh, continuity of education through uh, two main axes. The first is uh, distance learning and the possibility for teachers to continue reach children. And this uh, through distribution of uh, devices, thanks to several partners, including Google. And we could reach by December 50,528 teachers um, in order to enable them to connect with the children and with the different uh, classes with a component for all the pedagogical tools associated to this uh, mean of uh, uh, education and the second is mental health support as you know mental health and psychosocial support it's a really a key uh, domain. Uh, we are all affected by this uh, context. All the, the all of us, uh, children, but also not only children, but teachers, uh, education uh, staff, uh, all the entire uh, system. So we are closely working with the Ministry of uh, Education and Science in uh, first guidelines and uh, all the policies for to strengthen the uh, the system the response systems in this domain the education system to identify and we could identify through an assessment gaps to reinforce facility to enforce uh, training and we are now working with psychologists in school to reinforce the system and with teachers. We have an objective in the very short term, and this year already started, to reach 15,000 uh, psychologists working in education system and 20,000 teachers to provide services as uh, the ultimate uh, goals, 160 children, 1,000 children. Chiara Dezibardeski is our interlocutor in this uh, podcast, Ukraine Calling from Romatsky Radio, and she has the UNESCO Ukrainian desk now. But, you know, when I hear things like, in a very short term, very many, or on the contrary, very few, I always ask, please specify, what is a very short term for UNESCO? 
Yeah, this is one area that we touched, education. And uh, But of course, uh, the other two areas uh, are uh, safety of journalists. Still, my question was, please specify the very within, short term. Uh, within the very short term, in the very first months, we have been uh, really providing uh, uh, equipment to journalists to be able to continue broadcasting, the individual and personal equipment, bulletproof jacket and helmets, uh, 126. And this was the very, very first uh, onset to be able to continue. We have activated an online hotline uh, for journalists to have community information, to have a certain type of assistance required in this emergency. If we have started at the time, and now we are continuing in this uh, uh, important task to support media solidarity centers, which are today, uh, we are today are six. They are in uh, Kiev, Lviv, but also in very close area to more uh, to active conflict today, like uh, Zaporizhia, Kharkiv, and this is very important because it's in a space given to continue broadcasting information. I think that I'm in the right place to say how relevant it is to be able to continue provide in these circumstances uh, the access to information to the population, to the contest, to what's happening and also humanitarian information especially for areas which do not have in some cases access to the basics but also to electricity, also to I mean, a very big internet. So even paper, newspapers are becoming relevant to reconnect the communities. <laughs> uh, in this case, I uh, strongly object uh, about the word even. It's not even, it's logical. And people who uh, have not shared the view that uh, printed press or radio are to be stricken off, unfortunately, and I'm one... Uh, among them uh, saw the proof of the importance of these so-called outdated means because on the occupied territories for instance very often radio was the only source of getting information from the free territory and then when the Ukrainian troops came and liberated some of the areas the first thing that local um, residents wanted to hold was their local newspaper because what's happening in Paris, Moscow, Kiev or elsewhere they can know from the internet or the television when it's restored but what's happening 10 kilometers away from them it's only the local newspaper or a small radio station so to me what you are saying, with your help to those outlets, means that UNESCO, or rather its representatives here, have a vision, a real vision of what is happening and what is needed. But is it based mostly on your previous experience, on the knowledge that you have, or are you listening to the call from the ground? It's a both side. I think this is important because uh, for sure the lesson learned for other contexts, which of course it's different because each context is a unique, is a relevant because uh, can help 
to uh, better identify solutions or even if sometimes uh, to best practices. But at the same time, of course, each context is uh, unique and we have to start from the context. The mandate of UNESCO is to listen and to assist the, uh, the, the, the member states, the, the authorities, local, I mean, technical institutions, people, civil societies, and to support. But we have also a global mandate because, uh, for instance, in the case of uh, safety of journalists, our uh, mandate and work is uh, conducted in the framework of in the implementation of the UN plan of caption on safety of journalists and the issues of issues of impunity so it's very specific and is a way how is uh, uh, conducted each country has its relevance and uh, this is not a task which is done uh, in one unique moment in the onset of the work, on setting the scene of the work, but it's a continuous exchange with uh, different uh, partners and um, with uh, community at community level, at, com at uh, institutional level, and uh, to listen to listen different voices and the needs. And based on that, we are building together programs. We are here not to teach. We are here to support. Well, maybe you're not here to teach, but we can learn from you. And that's for sure. Uh, coming back to the very first days of or weeks of the invasion, was the Institute of Mass Information your main point of contact at that moment? I'll tell you why I'm asking this. Because I have a bulletproof jacket from the from them. And when you said that you were delivering bulletproof jackets to Ukraine, I thought maybe I have a UNESCO-provided bulletproof <laughs> jacket. UNESCO is uh, for in, the, in the domain of support to, to the media, is working, uh, as you know, in an approach of supporting pluralism and independent media. So it's uh, always looking at expanding its partners and to work with several. So you might have received <laughs> through partners also and uh, the, the bullet um, vest and the helmet. Uh, this network is very important is very important and we are always looking at enriching it and continuously supporting, creating this uh, connection among uh, the different uh, partners and to enable to continue support uh, the approach which is human rights based and looking at uh, inserted in the freedom of expression uh, channel. So far we mentioned two domains eh, because I go back to the yes, very beginning question and I'm keeping you. it. No, 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 it's good. I'm keeping it. And uh, we mentioned education. We mentioned uh, the, um, the, the safety of journalists and the uh, freedom of expression support. The third uh, domain is uh, heritage and culture, cultural heritage and culture more in general. And uh, this is an area where from the, from February last year, we have been very closely monitoring from one side the damage occurring to, uh, to cultural uh, uh, properties in the country. 
and uh, at the same time looking at um, all the protection measures, both in a preventive manner to enable to reduce the risk, mitigate the impact of uh, possible missile strikes on, for instance, open-air monuments. Uh, we did this, for instance, in Odessa to protect uh, open-air uh, monuments, but also to intervene immediately in the um, repair, urgent repair for institutions, museums uh, and all this part. But this tangible heritage component has uh, always been flanked with the support for capacity investment to support professionals. And uh, we do know that uh, outflow of professionals and uh, brain drain. And today it's uh, a, a key uh, issue. And we have done through continuing supporting um, professionals, and I can give you some example, in uh, professionalization in this, in um, how to address, how to cope with the crisis, how to start looking at, for instance, a preparedness plan, security plan in museum, how to work in emergency inventory, how to evacuate, I mean, secure collections, how to reply to the risk of uh, looting, of illicit trafficking, according to the UNESCO uh, conven cultural convention, but also supporting livelihood of uh, artists, cultural bearers, because this is the vital part of uh, the identity, the cultural identities of uh, a country. And uh, we support, in, for instance, cultural projects, and uh, looking at supporting uh, projects through grant schemes, uh, reaching uh, associations, for instance, in uh, different regions of uh, uh, the country. We are now launching a second one um, of this appeal. We could already support some projects in Kherson, Dnipro, Kiev, Lviv. We are building a cultural hub and, uh, for instance, we are for co-working, reinforcing capacity, and all of this is done at different level. It's done in a close work with the line ministries, notably Ministry of Culture and Information Policies, and, uh, but, and with all the technical partners. I noticed that your face expression changes quite a lot. And we were talking very lightly before we started the recording. Then you became very serious and uh, I think I can understand why because I'm listening to you seriously as well as I'm sure the audience now listens. But when you started to tell about supporting livelihood of uh, the artists and some other things, there was a smile on your face. And I presume and correct me if I'm wrong, that this is the smile of satisfaction because of the work that you do. The work, but we are uh, at the beginning of uh, a, a path. I'm uh, smiling uh, especially because uh, 
this uh, two last components that I mentioned, culture and the safety of journalists, uh, are now in, uh, in a way finding their match in what we are now start working on. And uh, we are uh, actually now in the process of launching a new program to involve journalists in the documentation of uh, damage to cultural uh, heritage and of uh, uh, reporting on cultural life. You would be not maybe surprised yourself to see how today uh, museums which are empty of their collections because secured are alive with uh, artists, temporary exhibition, debates uh, from one side, but this is uh, maybe little known out of the country and it's a very important element. So documenting this, it's also a possibility to contribute, to forge and to enlarge and to this uh, debate on the relevance of uh, culture in uh, inclusive society from one side. The other damage uh, side, uh, the documentation of damage, this is a very critical issue, as we know. And uh, there is a lot of interest, I would say, coming also from journalists. And I tell you why. Because we launched this uh, program in partnership with the Institute of Mass Information, I knew this will come to them. <laughs> and in coordination with the Minister of Culture and Information uh, Policy, uh, starting with a call for um, journalists interested in joining it to uh, be I mean, trained on how to report, as I said, cultural life in the current context and document uh, cultural heritage, damage to cultural heritage, especially around uh, 50 initial eh, uh, proposed cultural heritage sites. And we receive more than uh, 200 uh, candid, um, uh, candid applications. applications. So this is showing also how this is uh, of interest for the, the society and this helping actually in us, as I say from the beginning, it's one of the means also to understand where interest, where relevance is in terms of needs. It's one of the form also to, to listen no? and to identify needs. And uh, uh, from these 200, uh, 70 Ukrainian uh, photojournalists have been uh, selected via this public call. And um, actually, we are starting tomorrow. Eh? We are starting tomorrow with the very first training. So it's a training looking at uh, safety of journalists, continuing what we already started in the country through the solidarity centers, the media solidarity centers, uh, till uh, December we have been able to support and train in different subjects, but starting with this core um, skills uh, area of uh, safety of uh, journalism and more than 1,600 journalists. Eh? And uh, so continuing this uh, line of action, but uh, looking at introducing this very specific uh, uh, topic. 
Excuse me. While uh, working with these journalists and photojournalists in particular, do you look for people who already have a significant level of professionalism, or you can take anybody in photojournalist? The the best is to have uh, skilled people. Eh? This is uh, very important. And, uh, of course, there are maybe some differences, but, uh, but uh, this is uh, the best starting point uh, from that. The, um, this uh, uh, this uh, journalist will work during this first uh, training, which is divided over two weeks' time. They will be equipped with all this uh, knowledge, standard information, and uh, even practical information, how to take, uh, how to document, how to take appropriate photos, but within the lens of uh, what is required for documentation of culture. They will work and reporting, developing skills around how to uh, approach and mainstream certain topic, for instance, uh, through cultural life, how this is relevant. And uh, through this, uh, we will be, uh, the after, they will be uh, actually working on specific uh, individual or collective uh, projects to develop the skills, to develop their reportage. And uh, this time it's a project. In this step is uh, um, expected to be completed by the end of the year. So this leave times for this kind of uh, work and it foresee also foresees also to have uh, several opportunities of exchange and dialogue eh? and to also to synthesize further and to have a further uh, opportunity to increase this debate and increase also I mean what heritage is today so I hope that one of the next time you will host here one or some of these uh, participants in the trainings to tell about their uh, experience you're very convincing in uh, saying this I admit and uh, you know again coming back to your words that you are not here to teach but you are here to train And since we are talking about photograph, photographs now, about the art of photography, most of us, or many of us, have an opportunity to make photos practically while we're taking every step. Yes, we have mobile phones, clots, clots, and you have it. My question to you is, what do you photograph in Kiev? Myself? Or yes. The <laughs> yes, yes, you. Chiara <laughs> Desibordeschi. Well, um, I photograph uh, personally, you know, our, I, I'm a bit, uh, I keep my professionalism coming from what we do. So we are very much uh, people-centered eh? and looking at uh, uh, taking photos of uh, details of, uh, of what is uh, happening or uh, ourselves and also with people. Eh? Uh, the, um, this is part also social, not I. So it's culture as well. Uh, now maybe to expand your question, what we are photographing in 
this training course eh? because we spoke about cultural life and this is a topic where each Uh, each uh, journalist uh, participating in this uh, program will develop you know, a lens and approach through a topic. So it uh, will have also to bring its creativity. And let me do not forget that we are working with uh, no cult embracing culture. So culture is also its creativity, it's all this part, and the professionalism of uh, reporting and uh, for the safety of uh, part of of journalism so but uh, beside this we are documenting as i said around 50 uh, sites damaged sites starting from the uh, list of uh, uh, sites that unesco has uh, already verified as damaged si sites since the since february 22 we are doing this exercise at uh, two levels we are doing uh, first and more prominently remotely on uh, in satellite image based analysis uh, this is done regularly daily and is um, and we are um, verifying attacks and the effects of areas which are uh, attacked to um, to identify um, properties damaged and this is most of the time we are able to do in the within a framework of uh, 24 48 uh, hours after eh? but sometimes even after that's depend of when we receive the information Based on that, after there is a step when possible and site accessible, we are conducting an inspection on site for, to understand and to the magnitude of this impact. This is important for several purposes. The first is to verify the damages and uh, this exercise has been also used in the very recent uh, appraisal, global appraisal of the rapid damage and need assessment conducted by governments with World Bank, UN organization and European Union. And in domain of culture, the magnitude of the impact is uh, clear. We have uh, over the next uh, 10 years quantified in terms of needs seven billion of US dollars okay in uh, in the damage from February 22 to February 23 the um, damage uh, reached uh, two uh, billion for for tangible heritage namely Uh, religious sites, historic building, buildings of artistic uh, relevance, uh, uh, and so on. Is it uh, the UNESCO estimate or is it provided based on the data provided by the Ukrainian authorities? For the, the, the RDNA is a joint exercise, as I was saying. So it's starting really from data from local authorities, uh, from uh, the, the, the ground, from Oblast. And actually, the report is public. Uh, it's on also on Internet, but you will see that there is also a detailed analysis. I mean, it's an overall uh, glance also done at Oblast uh, uh, level. 
uh, I said damage, but losses mean in all the creative sector, creative cultural industry, film industry, theater, performance, uh, um, are actually more than 15 billion US dollars eh? already in one year. So this, you understand why I started saying we need the 7 billion to reconstruct the sector, because actually you can only understand why 7 billion if we have this quantification. So this type of exercise of monitoring via satellite image that UNESCO is conducted, is contributing through verified information on sites to this appraisal, overall appraisal today. We have on this site 255 sites verified, I mean verified, through the different categories of heritage, which are those that of related to the UNESCO 1954 uh, Le Hague Convention for the protection of cultural heritage in the context of conflict, which is setting the framework for this um, type of analysis and uh, based on these sites so we have been identified uh, sites where uh, um, uh, were to conduct this uh, this uh, course with the two criteria I would say because they, I'm sure you're interested to know how we identified we, we downsized it to 50 initial size which is mainly one in a way it's the accessibility for journalists working in this course but also the magnitude of the damages so in UNESCO analysis we have minor damages moderate severe and destroyed and we are leaving aside the the minor because they are alike to be fixed quickly so maybe not relevant for a training purpose but certainly for a documentation purpose but in the context of a training we said we focus the attention on the uh, moderate uh, um, severely and uh, uh, destroyed from one side and also on some uh, eight uh, region in order to not initial eh, uh, to not to have a better uh, distribution and concentration but of course as i said this is the beginning of this course and we will also see how this is uh, advancing and i believe that our today's conversation is just the beginning of a series of conversations and interviews and also some reports on the very impressive work that unesco is doing in ukraine uh, my last question is you mentioned that according to classification there is minor damage mod moderate damage uh, then significant or huge severe severe and then destroyed you are teaching now oh sorry you are training now our people to document the damage but in many cases i'm sure and we have such examples what is destroyed can be restored will we be training us to document the restoration as well Absolutely, there is an important, uh, this is an important priority 
We are uh, already working closely with the Ministry of Culture Information Policy in uh, this domain. Uh, the, there is a, a huge important priority on all these uh, conservation measures, but starting also with uh, all what is related to stabilization, consolidations, because even in areas or immediately areas where you cannot start restoration uh, at this stage because maybe are con uh, still under uh, shelling or risk, has to be done. Uh, which is a very important step to not lose further the fabric, the historic fabric, the cultural fabric is to stabilize, to conserve, to protect even. So this is an area where we are closely working. Actually, we in the, this year, uh, thanks to the uh, generous su financial support of government of Japan in the domain of culture, this is one of the priority and uh, actually we are starting now organizing the infrastructure on how also not only to organize and to support uh, training in these uh, specific topics but also how to ensure sustainability of this how to link it with the institutional structure where to continue to do this training and where ukrainians can continue to do uh, this and they are very good professionals in uh, ukraine i would say so this is very important also to um, and the needs are huge are huge we mentioned before so and the help is huge even if it is not immediately seen by, as they say, the naked eye, when you look closer, when you think about how much effort is done, then yes, I'm quite sure that we will return to these topics because there's much to get to learn. Thank you very much. Chiara Decibardeski was our interlocutor in this podcast, Ukraine Calling, from Romatsky Radio in Kiev.